Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about the quarterbacks. Um, Second scrimmage of the spring is tomorrow. Uh, We just heard from the quarterbacks coach, Danny Langsdorf, yesterday. Heard from Brendan Lewis yesterday, both for the first time. And, you know, we're, we're getting into the middle portion of camp. I figured maybe this would be a good day, since there's no practice today to talk about, uh, to just run through what are the strengths and the weaknesses of CU's quarterbacks. Um, I went back, rewatched, you know, Brendan's game in the Alamo Bowl, uh, rewatched most of JT Shrout's snaps when he was at uh, Tennessee, and then rewatched not all of what Sam Neuer did last year because obviously he played a lot of football, um, but I did watch quite a bit. Um, Plus, I know quite a bit about him already. Um, so, so we're gonna run through just kind of what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are, because I, I kind of realized that we had not just done that yet. Um, so, yeah, it should be a good time. And I actually won't be in Boulder tomorrow for the scrimmage. A little disappointed about it, but uh, we will be back on Sunday to talk about everything that happened, um, what everybody had to say after, all that kind of stuff, so stay tuned for that. Before we get into the quarterbacks, though, I want to say a couple things about the Colorado XOs, the presenting sponsor of the DNVR Buffs podcast. Um, So, they're a rugby team, they're playing their first season right here in Glendale, Colorado. Uh, They're currently 3-1, which is very good, considering not only is this their first season as a rugby team, it's the first time playing rugby for a lot of the players. They've got like former college football players, former um, like overseas basketball players, all sorts of different types of athletes who want to learn rugby because, you know, basically their career ran its course in whatever other sport, and they still feel like they have time in their athletic prime uh, to contribute. And rugby could be the place to do that. Uh, so, The goal is to get those guys onto the U.S. national team, which trains at the exact same facilities, um, the Rugby Town National Training Center out in Glendale. It's cool stuff. Follow along with uh, DNVR Rugby on Twitter, DNVR Rugby, uh, the podcast, and at thednvr.com. All right. Um, I want to start with JT Shrout. So, obviously, Buffs fans maybe haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um... He's known for his big arm, of course, and I think that that is what he should be known for. Um, 
going back and rewatching, obviously, like when he came to Colorado, like you go and you watch the highlights, you you watch like a game or two, that kind of stuff. But what I think I learned more than anything uh, going back and watching JT is just how good of an athlete he is. You know, he isn't Brendan Lewis. Brendan can just straight up fly. Um, he's a true dual threat quarterback. You, you, you put him in space against defensive backs, he can hold his own. You know, it isn't just somebody who can outrun linebackers and a guy like JT Shroud, there, there's linebackers he can outrun, there's linebackers who can't. You know, he's not somebody who you look at and say, he's going to be hitting you for a big gainer. You know, there was a, like, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, part of that comeback that UCLA had against Colorado in the first game last season was just because DTR found a little space and broke, like, a 60-yard touchdown run. Before that, he turned the ball over a couple times, a uh, fumble and a pick, and, you know, that was kind of the book on him. That still is the book on him, is that he's somebody who turns the ball over too much. And I do think he cut down on those a little bit late, in the season last year but for the years leading up to that point turn the ball over a lot but you live with it because he's so explosive Khalil Tate very similar player um Brendan Lewis I think you look at him and say athletically is is he maybe just a a step behind um a, a Khalil Tate or like a DTR I think I think that that's definitely possible um but I if he is behind them it isn't by all that much you know if DTR is like a 4-4-5 type of 40 time then maybe Brendan is a 4-5 flat or something like that um he does have good open field space he can change angles on defenders and JT Shrout that is not his game what he can do though is roll out of the pocket and when he rolls out of the pocket he he throws on the run very well. Um, he throws on the run. He, he's just so precise with the ball. The throwing motion is very... Not tight. We'll get into the throwing motion in a second. But just the way he's... It's very smooth. It's very natural. There aren't hitches. It doesn't feel like he's throwing off balance. He's stepping into his throws. And he's putting them, for the most part, on target. And I think that... Maybe in our conversations about JT Shrout in the past, um, we've kind of put him too much in a box as a pocket passer because he does make plays from outside the pocket, um, and, and he does so comfortably. I will say, though, getting back to that throwing motion, there is like a, a little... There, there's something in it that you don't want in it. Um, he kind of like flips the ball away from himself, and it's it's kind of a... Imagine, imagine Tim Tebow. Um, it isn't quite so prolonged, like his was so wide and so round and way out from his body, and then he goes over the top, um, whereas Shrout just has like a little, like half of that somewhere in there. Um, in college football, like you don't love it. it, it makes it just take a little bit longer to release the football. At the same time though, it does seem like he, it, it creates kind of like a whipping motion, and, and he gets some of his power from that. Um, again, if you're if you're scouting him as an NFL team, you know, you're trying to say, can he make it at the next level? You say, you know, you're just not going to have time to have that little hitch in there. And odds are you're, you're going to miss a throw here or there because of it. Just because there's if naturally there's five pieces moving in your throwing motion, you've added six or seven. And when the... When one of those things go wrong, sometimes you can compensate with some, something else, but you're just adding in more things that could potentially 
screw you up. Um, and so you don't like that. And you don't like it if you're looking at it from an NFL perspective, again, because you're like, well, that's also potentially where some of his power comes from. And maybe it's just like that little bit of extra gas at the end that he has when he really pulls back. Um, and maybe he would lose significant strength if he changed it up too much. Um, from a college perspective, though, totally fine. Totally fine. Um, you'd, you'd like to improve it. He'd probably be a better quarterback if you improve it. But when you watch what he did last year, some of the deep balls he threw, some of the just like line drives, just the darts that he threw, um, you you aren't concerned about his arm. Um, on top of that, you know, we've, we've heard good things about how smart he is. Um, and I think that you see that on tape. You know, in particular, if you guys are looking for something to go watch yourself, and maybe I'll tweet out like a clip of this or something there's a drive in the tennessee versus florida game that i think really just shows what jt is as his or when he's at his best um at the at that point in the game they're down 31 13 with uh looks like about three minutes on the clock but jt comes in i think maybe he had the drive before that too but but jt's in there and he takes the ball at like the seven yard line. He hits open receivers and they're playing prevent defense basically. So some things you take with a grain of salt, but also there's a great throw to the sideline in between two defenders who are trying to guard the, the sideline. Um, honestly, the fact that these guys got out of bounds as often as they did is kind of impressive. Um, but he, he drives them the length of the field. Uh, he winds up with a, I think, it's like a fourth down, 30-yard deep ball They just drops in the receiver's arms. It's good coverage. And that, to me, is the drive that you look at and say, okay, this guy might have something. You know, you can look at the other things he's done and say, like, yeah, there's, there's tools, there's flashes. And obviously, this is like a garbage time drive against a prevent defense. He shredded that prevent defense and then hit him over the top with the deep ball to, to finish it off with... 30 seconds on the clock when really that's what the defense is trying not to give up. Um, there's, there's good stuff on his tape. And, you know, when we think back, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think it was Carl Durrell because he said um, when talking about both the, the transfers who could really factor in, J.T. Shrout and Robert Barnes, the linebacker, he said, we really feel like we upgraded in those positions. And at the time, you think like, okay, upgraded in terms of the the depth there not not that JT couldn't compete but you just like that there's one more guy who could potentially win the job if things get ugly and say Brendan isn't ready and Sam gets hurt then you have another option um knock on wood for all that um but I do think that when you look at what these guys accomplished on the field last season and I think that's really the only way that you can judge what you have going into this. Um, you look at Brendan's couple of series in the Alamo Bowl and say, hey, there's stuff you like. There are good balls in there. He's finding some open receivers. Um, seems to be putting the ball in the right place more often than not. And then he can break big runs down the sideline, which from a quarterback is just a game changer. You say, okay, that's exciting. You look at Sam and say, obviously he can manage an offense. Uh, he, he was able to go win Colorado games. Um, and, you know, you have some physicality as a runner. Um, I think that he provides a, a little bit more of maybe like an identity to your offense, at least immediately. Um, the, the team knows what they are. You know, 
Sam goes out there game one and trucks somebody, puts him on his back and keeps running, then you're like, oh, yeah, Colorado football, that's us. We're just the big bullies. And Sam Noy really sets the tone for that when you have somebody like that quarterback. And I think that that is an important note. Um, on top of that, obviously, you can throw the ball well. Um, things didn't look so good in that regard late in the season. But, you know, one of them, I think, was it the Utah game? He came back in after getting hurt and just missed on his passes. And, you know, we heard from Danny Langsdorf yesterday that he was getting numbing shots in his arm um, to deal with the pain. And when you're a quarterback, that's just not something that is going to lead to you playing well. You have to be able to feel your arm to throw a football well. Um, or at least that's what it looks like with Sam Neuer. Um, and so when you look back to early Sam Neuer, there, there is a lot to like. Um, and maybe your favorite part is that he's he is still pretty raw and you can improve it. Um, later in the year, obviously, with the shoulder stuff, things get a little bit uglier. You look at JT Shrout and say, hey, he has, in, in limited opportunities, gone in there and played really well. There's a, the, let's see, what was the other game he got into? Maybe, I don't think it was Pittsburgh? I can't remember. Um, but... In that game, he – I'm not sure if Guarantano, the, the other quarterback at Tennessee, one of the other quarterbacks at Tennessee got hurt, and that's why he went in. But he went in early, led him on a great touchdown drive, went in again at the end of the game, had another touchdown drive, and in general just looked better than what Tennessee decided to put out there instead. And – Again, if you just look at what these guys did last year, I think that it's really tough to rank them, um, especially because the sample size is just so different, obviously. Um, I'm going to put Brendan third just because he – small sample size, there were highs and there were a couple of lows. Um for the most part, especially considering the experience, and that's kind of the big thing for him and maybe for Sam and really for JT too. It's not like he's played a lot of football. Um, he, Brendan just comes in number three. Um, with Shrout and Sam Neuer, I think it's a real conversation, and I'll probably give the edge to Neuer just because I do think that the shoulder hindered him late in the season. At the same time, like all you can really judge a guy by is what he did. And what he did wasn't all that great in those last couple of games. Um, he, he did fall off. And again, I think it's because of the shoulder, but how much benefit of the doubt can you give him? Um, we're going Neuer 1, though. Neuer 1, Shrout 2, and then Brendan Lewis 3. Here's the thing, though. You look at Brendan Lewis and say, okay, those were his first reps. How much better is he just right now, a few months later, now that he's had an off-season to look at those snaps, do all those sorts of things. He says his confidence is much better. He feels like he's playing a lot better. The game is slowed down for him. The coaches have been saying the same thing. And so it doesn't really matter that he was the third best on the field last year when he's not going to be the same player this year. And again, I don't think JT Shroud is. I don't think Sam Neuer is going to be the same player either. Um and that's what the big, to me, the, the big question is with this quarterback battle is in terms of what they were last year, I mean, Brendan Lewis was third. And, you know, that was to be absolutely expected. Um, but what are these guys next year? I don't, 
I don't know. And there is just so much potential for any of them to take leaps and bounds forward. Even, even Sam Neuer. And I think, again, it's easy to put him in the box based on what we've seen. But he made some good throws. And, you know, you, you don't have Brady Russell out there for most of the season. When Brady Russell was out there, he, he was great to have. He provided plenty in the receiving game. He was a downfield threat. He was an, an underneath threat, threat like a, a safety blanket almost for Sam. If we remember, you, you think like, oh, safety blanket. Those are for young quarterbacks. In a lot of ways, Sam Neuer was a young quarterback last year. Um, if he has like just that one piece, one more better check down option, what does that do for him all season? And I think that that alone could make a bit of a difference. Um, so it is, uh, it's going to be a great quarterback battle, I guess is what it comes down to. Um, and with Sam to build on that, you know, do you kind of expect him to have some aches and pains throughout the season because of his style of play? I it's a valid concern. I mean, so far he's played one season and he's one for one in having um, the type of injury that at least seems to have hindered his throwing motion. And talking to Danny Langsdorf, he said like he would never use an excuse. He would never say like that held him back. Personally, I I, I do think that it it made things tougher on him. And that's kind of where I'm at too is how how could it not even if he won't admit it. Um. So yeah, I guess real quick, strengths and weaknesses. Um, starting with Shroud, strength, uh, you know, I'm going to put mobility as a strength and, you know, I'll also put like scrambling ability as a weakness to kind of balance that out because in terms of like a, a runner and open space, he can, he can get you yards if, if they're there, they run, uh, man coverage on third and seven, and you run a, some like a flood type of concept and everybody's going one side of the field and you've got a big running lane out wide, he's going to go pick up that first down and it's not going to be all that tough for him. Um, does he turn that into a touchdown? No, he doesn't. That's not his game. Um, that That's Brendan Lewis's game though, for sure. What JT Shroud again does have though is the ability to take the space the defense gives him and more importantly to roll out of the pocket, find more time, find open receivers. And when you think about who Colorado is going to be running out there at receiver, I think you you like the idea of extending the play and letting them make something happen. You know, Brendan Rice in open space or, or downfield with extra time, he can, in theory, find a way to get open. And again, that, the question is, these guys are pretty young. Do they have those senses developed yet? And... I guess that is a question. You know, you don't have vets out there like Visca and KD. Um, but I do think because you have kind of downfield receivers with Vonte, with Brendan Rice, guys who you want to be running a lot of like posts and corners and deep outs and deep crossers and that kind of stuff. I think that that meshes well with the, the idea that JT Shrout can extend plays. It gives those guys time to find space and get open. And at the very least, they're going to learn how to do it because they do have the tools it's just whether they can execute i guess um and throw dimitri stanley in there too again he he adds so much underneath as like a a, a slot option that sometimes 
you know, that is the strength, and that's what you want him to do. And you want him on some timing routes. Um, let him use that shiftiness to create just enough space to catch the ball five yards downfield and then run for five or ten, or if you're lucky, even more than that um, afterward. Um, on top of that, though, he, he is somebody who you expect to be able to go find that space and do those sorts of things, but not necessarily, like, who he is as a player, whereas I think that could be a big piece of who Levante Chenault is as a player. And Brendan Rice, a little bit less so, but also. Um, so there's some thoughts on that. Um, again, wow, this is taking forever for me to get through these ranks and weaknesses. But again, scrambling ability, weakness. Mobility, getting outside the pocket, strength. Um, and going so far as to say like the, the, the way that he throws the ball when he's outside the pocket, uses his momentum to his advantage, um, that factors into that strength as well. Um, arm strength is a strength. And you kind of match that with the uh, con, which is he has that little hitch in his motion. motion. And again, the, the strength here, just like the last one, much bigger than the weakness. Um, but if you can clean that up, which I'm sure Danny Langsdorf has uh, at the very least like considered, I, uh, you could wind up in a much better place. Um, I think for all of them, Understanding the offense, running the offense is a strength. Um, starting with JT Shrout for sure. Um, and maybe Sam Neuer right there neck and neck with him. Um, because Sam did just get through a seven-game season looking good and running the offense well. I guess like the last six quarters or so got kind of ugly. But for the most part, I, I think that you look at that as a strength. Um and with the experience coming back in his second year, having had a chance to see all that on tape, I, th I think that you'd like that. With Brendan, we've heard good things about his intelligence. And s I mean, the truth is we haven't seen a whole lot of him, and so it's tough to use that small sample size to take too many conclusions. Um, but based on what we've heard, based on talking to him, the little bits we've seen, yeah, he seems like a smart guy. And, of course, Shrout, I, we've seen him pick apart that defense in a way that I really like. We've heard the coaches say the same things about him being a smart player, understands his role, understands the offense, does a lot of studying. Um, yesterday, let him on a two-minute drill in practice that ended with a touchdown pass. A nice touchdown pass, Danny Langsdorf said. So I think that you look at that as a strength for all of them. In terms of accuracy, it's tough, um, especially if you wanted to rank them. Maybe that would have been a more fun way to go through all of this. It's Shrout first. It's Shrout first when it comes to accuracy. Um, Lewis Neuer, again, we just haven't seen all that much. I'd guess, I'd guess Neuer, considering he does have more experience and he's, you know, he, sure he was a safety for a year, but that means there were still three years before that where he was doing quarterback drills and honing in that sort of thing. And so you would expect it to be better. And it, was, it wasn't it was bad last year. Again, it just tapered off at the end. And that's probably because he had the injured shoulder that needed surgery. That's what throws the whole hitch in all of this is how much you wait before the injury and after the injury. And it did seem like he was banged up most of the year. It just kind of got worse or started affecting him more something later in the season. Um, anything else here to talk about? Again, Brendan found some open receivers, even especially in the middle of the field, did some good things there, made some plays with his legs, put him to work. And again, the, the, the acceleration, just the burst that he has is 
I mean, for a quarterback, it's elite. Is it Khalil Tate and DTR? I honestly don't know that it's that far off, and it could be about the same. Um, just need to see more. Is it is it replicable? Did he have like just a couple of good runs because they just happened to be there in that one game, but that isn't what you expect going forward? It, it's possible, but I do think that you do expect him to be a very good runner. It changes the offense, though. And I guess when it comes down to it, I, I do think that... Uh, I guess if, if I had to handicap like who's going to be the quarterback this year, I think I'd start by saying I think we're going to see multiple quarterbacks. And I think that that comes with some like negative connotations. But when Danny Langsdorf said yesterday that you know it's a great problem to have having three guys, maybe four guys, um, who are ready to play, it's a great problem to have. Um, I believe him. And go, going back, rewatching all that stuff, I believe him even more. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, saying maybe maybe it's we start Sam the first half and let JT have the second half. Um, maybe it's Brendan instead of one of those guys. Maybe it's JT's the starter, but we're going to have packages for Brendan or for uh, Sam. Or, you know, maybe there's a way to get multiple on the field. Um That'd be pretty crazy, though, and obviously would not be, you know, a two-quarterback formation just cannot be a major part of your offense. Um, but you think of, like, what the Saints do with Taysom Hill. Maybe that's what you see with either Brendan Lewis or Sam Neuer or or both or who knows? Who, who knows? I do think that at the very least – I'll say if JT is the quarterback, I think that there are packages for another quarterback. If Brendan or Sam wins the job, I'm not so sure that they bring in packages for... Well, I do think that they would have packages. I don't think they'd use them often. I think it'd be a situation where, you know, obviously if if you're down three scores in the first half, you're like, well, things are not working. We need points on the board. We need to change. We're going to JT. That is obvious. But I also think maybe there's a situation where Sam is playing well or Brandon is playing well and you're you're in the second half, but you're down 10 points and there's five minutes on the clock and you say, hey, if, if we're going to make this happen, we need to get down the field fast twice. And that's assuming we get an onside kick or a quick stop from our defense. For us to get down the field that quick, we need JT because he has the arm, he has the deep ball, he's a guy who can, you know, run two minute drills you know that that is the thing that Danny Langsdorf said yesterday and it's what we saw when we watched the uh uh who did they play oh that Florida game um but it's also who he projects as as a player you know he can make quick decisions um he can put the ball on guys he's not scared to throw the ball to the sidelines and he's not scared to throw the the throw the ball to the sidelines downfield either he can drop balls in over the top um, and again, he can, he can extend plays with his legs by getting out of the pocket, give receivers an extra second to get open. And that opens some windows as well. Enough windows to not say, well, we're kind of hamstringing ourselves by saying we need the quarterback in the pocket for these last five minutes. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And I do think, you know, this, it's, it's going to take a great performance from any of these three guys to win the job. Um, 
I know like that the first scrimmage was not the greatest showing for the quarterbacks, but when you look at what they've already done, you hear what the coaches say, and also know that like Carl said, the defense is in front of the offense right now, and that's the way it should be at this point. We heard that beforehand. Um, we've heard that multiple times, so not a huge surprise. I do think, though, that it really is wide open. It really is wide open, and – I don't know. I, I do think the more you think about it, it is easy to think of JT Shroud as the guy who could win it just because he does have the, a sharpness about him um, in the way that like Sam Neuer, good quarterback and provides a lot of things when it comes down to it and you're running the two minute drill and you need somebody to go win you the game. Who do you want out there? And maybe that's the question that you should ask yourself before everything. You know, not wait until that situation and say, huh, who, who do we want in that situation? But that's that's kind of the situation you think about when you say, okay, who is this starting quarterback going to be? And that is, that is a strength for JT. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of, like, quick drives from Sam. They, there were no, like, times that they needed – points at the end of games i'll go back and look because maybe there's like the end of the first half they flew down the field i'm not remembering one but i think that's about it those are a bunch of thoughts on the quarterbacks um they're gonna have a good one you know if going back and watching jt on tape if you put him on the field all season you're happy you're definitely happy um if you put Sam Neuer out there, I mean, we already saw what Sam can achieve. Is it replicable this season? I don't know. I don't know. I think so, and I have faith in Sam. Um, and I, if, if if somebody were saying, like, put money one way or the other, I'd say, yeah, Sam can go back and do that again. Um, Brendan, complete wild card, but so, so, so explosive that I think you have to be – excited and here's i mean i don't as soon as you compare anybody to mac jones you you get really toxic um and again jt shroud is not mac jones he is more mobile than mac jones he also doesn't have the the total like quick decision making that mac has he doesn't have mac jones's deep ball the the point is he's not mac jones but when you talk about the draft it's like personally i think mac jones is going to wind up being one of the two or three best quarterbacks in this class He's definitely the least exciting quarterback of those top five. You know, he he's not fast. He doesn't have the biggest arm. Like, it, it, it would not be, like, a lot of fun to have Mac Jones in training camp. And I think that JT Shrout can kind of be seen as that guy, whereas you have Brendan Lewis, who, you know, he's, he's the true speedster. Maybe he's Justin Fields. Or maybe because he's so unknown, he's more Trey Lance, who's also fast. Um, Sam Neuer? I don't know. But I do think that... JT might get kind of a bad rap because you have two really mobile quarterbacks, two two scramblers who are very explosive. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be fun to watch because the strengths are a little bit different. Um, let's take a, a quick break because we're a half hour into this. Um, and during this break... Oh, first we're going to tell you about uh, DMVR. So... We are a media company. We cover all the sports in Denver and Colorado. 
And if you want to become a member, you can get access to all of our written content. You can get access to uh, the DMVR Lounge. It's our members-only Discord server. Um, you also, right now, can take advantage of an awesome deal. If you buy an annual membership or a membership that's longer than a year, not only do you receive a free share of your choice from the DMVR Locker, you will also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. Um, it's it's a CBD company, Holistic Wellness is, and the stick has 10 milligrams of CBD in it. You just kind of stir it around in your drink, and it will help your body recover from whatever you need to recover from. Um, the, the reviews are amazing. The drinks are amazing. There's no mess. They're easy to use. And you can check out the reviews for yourself at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And if you're ready to commit without trying it, uh, you can actually get 30% off your first purchase if you use the code DNVR30. Uh, you can get an annual membership, free DNVR shirt, and a holistic stick with a coupon inside Um when you buy just that annual membership. Uh, so check that out as well. Also, uh, Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, I'm a big fan of Strava Craft Coffee. Oh, I should say this too. Um, we are having a golf tournament at Spring Valley, um, not this Saturday, not the 17th, but the 24th. Um, it's a scramble. I think it's 80 bucks a person. And there's, there's prizes. And I also heard that you get like a free Strava Craft cold brew when you get there. Um, that's what I heard. I cannot like say that is or is not definitely happening because I'm not involved in any way with any of those conversations. Um, but it's one of the awesome perks, potentially, if you come play in this golf tournament with us. Again, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's out at the Valley of Fun, Spring Valley. Um, yeah. I think I'm not sure whose team I'm on, but I'm sure it's going to be like me and Ryan and maybe like the golf guys. Uh, I think we're, I, I'm personally going out there with the goal to win. And if you want to come play and hang out and drink some Breckenridge beers, it's going to be a good time. It's definitely going to be a good time. Um, back to Strava craft coffee though. Uh, if, if you aren't a golfer or just like, don't like fun or something, uh, then you can get Strava craft coffee, a bunch of different places. You can get that same cold brew from the DNVR bar. If you've never tried Strava, it's a CBD infused coffee. Um, the reviews are incredible. Um, what better way to use CBD than in your coffee? Because that's just something that you drink every day. You're not having to really like, like there, I don't know how most people get CBD just because there are so many different ways, but like, it seems like coffee is the one thing that you drink every day, like water too. And I guess those are the recovery sticks you can stir them around. But even that, like you have to remember the stick, like this is just your coffee. Um, they have some awesome deals. If, uh, you're a first time Strava user, you can get, 25% off uh, with the code DMVR25. And so many different products, the, the cold brew, the whole beans, the grounds. Um, you can also subscribe to any product that you want and get it shipped to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks. And you'll get 20% off every single time. Uh, some awesome stuff going on. Again, the code's DMVR20 if you want 25% off your first order. Uh, and go, go check that out at StravaCoffee.com. Okay, uh, one more 
basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Um, it's simple. All you have to do is pick any basketball team, and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100. Uh, if you're not into basketball, then there's plenty of other things you can bet on. You can bet on even like the NFL draft. There's there's odds for all the different draft picks, and we're actually going to get into those um, here in a second. Um, so many different things. Obviously, like hockey's going on. You've got baseball starting up. Uh, bet against the Rockies. You know that's my advice. Wait until they uh, get a lead and then bet against them. It means you aren't going to like profit on every game because they aren't going to uh, get a lead in every game. But it's just like a policy. I have like the ESPN score updates on. Just get a little message saying, oh, Rockies gave up another home run. And then bang, just throw five bucks on it and if it happens again throw another five bucks and then if they wind up losing which oftentimes they do you wind up getting like plus odds uh, it's cool stuff and that is a recommendation of mine uh, download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now use the promo code dmvr when you sign up and turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three that's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, before we get out of here today, we got to go through a DraftKings pick of the week. Um and we're going to start looking at the NFL draft odds because one of these days it'll be time to talk about college football because there are some odds out right now. Um, I guess we might as well pull those up real quick and look at them. My thing is, though, like if, if we're betting on like who's going to win the national championship, who's going to win whatever, why do that now instead <laughs> instead of like in June or July or August or May, I guess? There's plenty of time. Right now, though, this is kind of interesting. Alabama has the best odds to win the championship, plus 300. Then Clemson, plus 350. Ohio State, plus 400. Georgia, plus 700. Oklahoma, plus 800. Um, LSU, plus 2,500, and that's the big cutoff. Um, then you get to Iowa State and Texas A&M, Texas, USC, all at plus 3,300. Two of those teams on the schedule this year, you don't love that. This is actually kind of tough. Start thinking, because we're going to be having these talks all summer. Um, but we're really going to do the DraftKings pick of the week on, though, I'm not sure if on is the right word, is uh, the draft, because that is soon, and it's time to start getting your bets in. We're, we're two weeks away. Uh, first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence is minus 10000 That's a lock, I guess, if you have like $10,000 to spend and you want the $100 go ahead go ahead that's that's a good bet i just do not have the means to put enough money on that to actually profit um where do things get fun oh third overall pick is a good one justin fields minus 121 mac jones at plus 100 I, i'd be tempted to put some money on mac right there uh, it's it's really tough you got some options um here's my favorite Najee Harris to be the first running back drafted is minus 150. 
It's not like great value at minus 150, but I do think it's going to happen. And so that makes me like the bet a lot more. Um, cornerbacks, JC Horn to be the first is plus 200, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's plus money though, so you could kind of get excited about it. Um, okay. We're, we got two options here, though, I think. Najee Harris minus 150 would be the first running back taken. You know, Javante Williams is the one who's kind of the dark horse, I think, to, to jump over him. I still don't know how you justify that because, like, Najee does everything Javante Williams does. Um, he's also a good receiver, and that combination makes you think, like, okay, well, Najee's the better player. Travis Etienne, um, what is he between the tackles in the NFL? Like, if, if they're big, wide-open holes for him, he's going to be just fine. I'm not sure that he's going to be able to create much on his own. Weapon in the passing game, that kind of stuff. I still just think you look at Najee and say he's so well-rounded. He's got to be the first off the board. And this is kind of the same thing, but a little bit different. Um, Najee Harris, the over-under on where he's drafted is set at 29.5. I like the under 29.5. I think because he is such a well-rounded prospect, you know, when you look at the NFL, who's getting paid right now in terms of running backs? It's not the guys who can just run the ball. I mean, we've known for, it feels like a decade now, maybe even more than that, that it's just not worth the investment. And somebody who's uh, between the tackles, downhill runner, those guys wear out. Um, they're, they're replaceable. There's a lot of them. Um, what there isn't a lot of is guys who can catch the football. You know, that's why you see the biggest deals going to like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, um, even like Austin Eckler got more money than you'd expect given who he is as a player. Um, so I do think that Najee should be in under 29 and a half, picked 29 or earlier just because, you know, I, I look at him and I'm like, well, if the Broncos trade down to like 20, 21, 22, that'd be a good pick for them. And I think you look at a bunch of teams right there, you know, the Steelers, for example, would be a great fit for him. Um, and I think they're at like 26 or something. So a little bit more risk just because I, I, you know, the could be the NFL could just say, we don't want to draft running backs this early. Um, but I do think under 29 and a half at minus 112 would be my pick over, uh, Najee Harris minus 150 to be the first running back taken. But I do think that those odds are probably pretty well done compared to each other so yeah DraftKings pick of the week Najee Harris drafted in the first 29 picks and minus 112 lock that in and make some money um like I said scrimmage tomorrow I'm not gonna be able to make it out there but uh we will be back on Sunday to talk about all sorts of scrimmage type of stuff and uh what everybody said about the scrimmage and then what then we're going into the fourth week of camp. Yeah, it's crazy. Tomorrow's the ninth of 15 practices. So number 10 will be Monday. It's two more weeks. Pretty crazy. Um, thanks as always for listening. See you guys on Sunday. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go. Sway. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway.
pushing 180. Speed and pad competition. See you later, baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. And boaters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine bow to Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of war. Got me feeling tribal, big 12, here we come We ain't worried about arrival If you want it, come and get it, we'll wait for your arrival When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival Why you make it, why you make it, yeah, you better bring your Bible Great big, blind side, flat line, no revival Get them bucks, get them bucks, mess them up, we say we got them If we don't, then we'll get them, when we see them, then we have them like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in that play